The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today, we take a trip to New Jersey to find the portal to hell. And then we take a look at an urban legend that we've all heard but turns out to have more gruesome origins than we could have ever imagined today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I almost feel like I have to record this episode as quickly as possible. My laptop is making some uh, clicking sounds. The hard drive is doing the little bit of the click. So, you know, I've always, you know, my the Rabbitron 3000 is out of commission right now. I have to order my power supply for that. Um, I probably should do that tonight. You know, if the laptop goes and I don't have the power supply for the desktop yet, my backup plan is, as odd as this may sound, is just to record many episodes on my phone. Many as in small, not many as in numerical, just to keep the show going. So hopefully we don't come to that. Hopefully we don't come to that. I don't have enough money to buy a laptop. I do have enough money to buy a power supply for the Rabbitron. But my concern is is that when the power supply went out on the desktop, that it's not just the power supply that went out, that it may have taken the motherboard with it. And so then that would be an additional cost and all that stuff. So that's what's going on. So if you notice a huge drop in audio quality in the coming days, it's because I'm recording it on my phone. But let's go ahead and get started with this episode. But let's go ahead and get started with this episode here. Now, this episode is supposed to be... I feel like I'm totally losing the plot on the show these past two days because one... I actually really liked yesterday's episode, but this is day two of me... Uh, trying to um, deal with this uh, nicotine withdrawal. I've basically just been sleeping all day long and eating my weight in Chewy Chips Ahoy cookies. I'm more cookie than man at this point. But I know I'll be fine in a day. Like, I know it'll all be over in a day. So I'm just going to have to write this out. I sat here for an hour in the silence of my apartment Thinking, should I just go buy some more chewing tobacco? That'll At least I'm not on the lozenges anymore, right? And I'm thinking, Jason, that's stupid. But I had to let my brain go through that entire hour-long process to, to not do it. Super bizarre. And I was bargaining with myself. I was like, I'll go back on keto right now. I'll go back on keto right now if you go and buy some chew. And then, like, and then go back off. See, the problem is, is I have an oral addiction. So that's what I, I, that's really what I need to get rid of. Because when I was chewing the tobacco, when I went to the lozenges, and now I'm like, I'll just eat food for the next couple days, as much food as I want, and then I just have to get over, I can't keep having these oral fixations, because then it's the two things that I can't do. I can't overeat, I can't be on nicotine. So, anyways, all of that being said, let's go ahead and get started with the episode. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode. 
It, this one might be short. I might cut out the urban legend story. I don't know. Because again, I'm, I was feeling fine up until the point I started recording. And now I'm like feeling like super anxious. Like I want to claw someone's eyes out. So let's go ahead and get started with the first story. And possibly the only story right now. Uh, thanks guys for sticking with me. This won't be a, a long term thing. If I go back on the chew or I start doing the lozenges again, I just start doing it again and we regroup later. But for right now, I have a patch, nicotine patch taped to my foot. That's where we're at right now. So let's go to New Jersey. Let us all jump in to Jason Jalopy. We're going to take a long car ride from Oregon to New Jersey. Now, so in New Jersey, in the city of Somerset County, sorry, that's not a city, in the township of Bernard's Township in Somerset County, New Jersey, there is a mountain road, or the mountain road, or mountain road might be the name of it. And on this road is a tree. But not just any tree. Not just any tree. The devil's tree. Dun, dun, dun. I should say now that pretty much all the information I have involving this tree is from Backpackerverse. Backpackerverse is a website that we've covered before that just basically seems to make stuff up out of whole cloth. Just totally fictionalizes the whole thing. And you're like, Jason, you're probably only going to cover one story this episode. You're covering a story that is from a website that you know is fraudulent. Just roll with it, guys. Just roll with it. I'm starting to develop, like, hot sweats right now. Just think of it this way, guys. Think of this episode as a cautionary tale towards getting addicted to anything. Just think of it. Think of it. Don't, don't get addicted. Don't get addicted to anything. Don't get addicted to happiness or joy or love, anything. Because someday you'll have to wean off of it. Anyway, so, Backpackerverse. Backpackerverse is this website we've covered a couple times. Now, although the the fact that they make most of the stuff up, I don't know if this is made up or not. This one might be true. But whether or not it's true, it actually has the best tree intro I've ever read. And I can't say I've read a ton of them. But I was like, this is the best intro I've ever read. And it made me think. It made me think. So let me read it to you. This is from the website. This is from the article. Trees have been symbolic motifs. This is some nice words there. Trees have been symbolic motifs since the dawn of time. Ranging from creation stories, including the tree of knowledge in the Bible, and Yagdrasil, the world tree in North Norse mythology, to the Buddhist Bodhi tree, and ancient tales about being people being transformed into trees. I'm like, this is quite the overview. Quite the overview. We're not even finished yet. The majority of these tales have been mostly positive and charming, which makes the following report one of the darker, if not the darkest, story involving a tree. And it's funny because I read that and I thought, that's not true. There's plenty of stories where trees are bad. Or dark, dark tree stories. And I actually sat in the coffee shop and I thought, I can't think of any. Like, what is the worst tree story that you've ever heard? Now, obviously, <laughs> lynchings are going to be high up on there. But this story has that. 
So you're thinking what? And I was thinking, well, I mean, they chopped down a tree and turned it into a cross. They crucified Jesus on that. But I think that's kind of stretched because then, because then you can say like a, a tree got chopped down and became a guillotine. Like I think they're talking about actual trees, but it did make me think. Yes, since the beginning of the time, the trees are a symbolic motif used in all of these things. We don't really have any bad tree stories. This might be one, though. This might be one. Bernard's Township. This little township out in the middle of New Jersey has this tree known as the Devil's Tree. So the local legend is that Bernard's Township used to be the headquarters for the KKK in the entire state of New Jersey. They all came here to do their KKK stuff. The Ku Klux Klan, if you don't know what that means. And... You know, originally they were supposed to be the ghost of dead Confederate soldiers. That's why they were kind of dressed in those white gowns. They're supposed to be spooky ghosts that would chase people off their land, and then they just basically became an armed militia. So anyways, that was the legend. Whether or not that's true, we don't know for sure. But according to Backpacker Verse, it is. If it's not, I think Bernard's Township has a really good lawsuit. Actually, you know, I think that... The Devil's Tree is actually a real tree because there are photos of it. There are photos of it. But again, it's, this website kind of adds a little bit of flavor to this stuff. So if, if any of this article is incorrect and you happen to work for the city council of Bernard's Township, I will be a witness during the trial because this definitely makes it look like a place I will not go. Headquarters to the KKK. And because it was the KKK, they're hanging people from the tree. So that was where, like, this was the tree they picked. It was out in the middle of nowhere. That's where they would hang up all the black people. So what is interesting about that log? Let's think about this logically. It is the headquarters of the KKK for the entire state of New Jersey. How many black people do you think were living there in Bernard's Township to begin with? Think Logically think about that. So they would have to then import people from other cities to hang there. Like, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get that. Like, if you are the headquarters of the KKK, you're not going to pick a diverse city to, to set up in. You're going to find the whitest place possible. And then, you're going to run out of minorities to hang quite quickly. So then you're going to have to import, I, this is getting grim. <laughs> the logistics of the lynching history is getting grim. But again, I'm dicey on whether or not that happened at all. But, now we get, Another famous website that we've covered in the past that just puts out like the most bizarre stuff and not in a good way, not bizarre stuff like the ocean at night or eggless travel. They'll put out stories that just don't make any, any sense when you think about logically. Weird New Jersey also has teamed up with Backpackerverse to cover this story. Weird New Jersey is a monthly, or I think it's monthly, like an online magazine. They might have a print version. We got we got tingled up with them huh <laughs> that is a pun intended when we were looking at Spidergate cemetery and they just wrote the weirdest stuff the weirdest weirdest stuff anyways weirdnewjersey.com states that people had driven by and seen ghosts hanging from the tree so the idea was that there was ghosts of the people that had been hung there by the clan but they also state and there's no attribution to this because otherwise i'd be able to list the link uh, Backpackerverse has a nasty habit of saying, Weird New Jersey says, and they'll have a hyperlink, and you'll click on it, and it'll be like 15 definitions of the word says. So it's like they trick you to thinking that if you click the hyperlink, it takes you to back up what they're saying. They did that. They do that all the time. It's super frustrating. But anyways, 
They say Weird New Jersey says that people were seeing ghosts of black people hanging from these trees, but at least one time it turned out that what happened was the local football team at Bernard's Township hung effigies of the rival team from that tree. Now, I do like logical answers if someone's driving by and they see a silhouette and they think it's the ghost of a, a, a black dude hanging from a tree. And then they find out that it's a team, a football team that was hanging effigies. I do like it when we're able to logically have these things spelled out. My question is, okay, if we accept everything that's been said as truth right now, how much do you have to hate your rival football team to hang them from a tree where historically black men and women were hung from? Like, that's a level, that is a level of hatred that is, is nearly barbaric. Like, I can't imagine, hey, I can imagine maybe hating somebody or an organization like that, but not a rival football team. The only difference between you and them is they live in a different neighborhood. And so they're attending that school. But think about it. You hate this team so much that you're like, you know what we should do? We should steal their mascot. And they're like, no, 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 no. We should like throw eggs at their car. No, 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 no. And some guy's like, you know that tree that they hung all those black people from? Let's hang them from that. Let's make dummies of, of the, that team and hang them from a tree where multiple people lost their lives only due to their skin color. And everyone else just goes, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Let's do that. So bizarre. So, you've got this tree that may or may not have been accused by the Klan, that may or may not have been used by a football team. But we'll accept both of those as true, because whatever. The point of this episode, as much as it's gone off the rails, is that it's known to be now a portal to hell. It's not just any tree. It's not just a lynching tree. It's not just a tree that is inappropriately used by high school football teams. So anyways, the that all being said, there's apparently a legend of dude kills his family, hangs himself from the tree, makes the tree haunted, or the tree was already haunted and it commanded him to do that. But technically, wouldn't where he killed the people, like he, he should, if you're going to make these legends up, the tree should have killed the people. The tree, not like it's walking around like an ant throwing boulders at him, but it's like he shoots the family and then he hangs himself. You'd think where the innocent people were killed would be more haunted than the tree where the evil man hung himself, unless like his spirit went into the tree. But if you're making it up, just make it up that the tree possesses people. They can tell that they're possessed because they they stand there all the time. They have to constantly they're constantly dehydrated. They're like, I have to drink water. I have to drink so much water. And they're like, why aren't you eating anything? He's like, ah. Anyways, that joke went, that joke went nowhere. Also, people say that if you touch the tree, trust me, this is going somewhere. This isn't totally, this isn't as rambly as he thinks it is. People say that according to the website, if you touch the tree, it's still there. If you touch the tree, you get an oily stain that is nearly impossible to wash out. I call 100% BS on that. There'd be tons of photographic proof. You'd have chemists out there. You'd have all sorts of scientists out there being like, what is this amazing paint thing? Like, a paint that never wears out. They'd be sucking the tree dry of stuff. It's total, that part's one, I can guarantee that part's 100% made up. There is nothing on the planet that you touch 
that is super oily. Okay, that's not true. There's lots of stuff on the planet that may be impossible to wash out, but this tree isn't one of them. Absolutely 100% fake, made up, backpacker verse. I'm so tired of this. One woman, this is hilarious, according to this website, one woman, unsourced, put her ear to the tree for whatever reason. It's a haunted tree that is so oily it can possibly stain your your skin black. Yeah, go ahead and put your ear up to it. This woman puts her ear up to it. She heard the sounds of screaming from inside the tree. So again, of course, either she can hear termites, she made it up, or it's true and you would have ghost crews out there. They'd be hooking microphones up to it and all this stuff like that. And you're thinking, Jason, you're being a little harsh and or kind of beating the dead horse that is the devil's tree. But hold on, I'm getting somewhere. (laughs) Give me a few more minutes of your time before you click off. Now, also they say that nowadays, if you get too close to the tree, a black Ford, like a black Ford pickup truck, like an old-timey pickup truck, shows up, like just drives up the road and watches you for a while. But then once you notice the truck's there, it drives away. Now... That is such a stupid detail, I don't think it's made up. They call him the Sentinel from Hell, like people, not they, people have said, oh, maybe that's like the Devil's Guard, keep an eye over the tree, making sure no one's messing with it. But I'm thinking, what kind of Sentinel just drives away when you notice it? But you know what's funny, that is such a stupid detail, and it doesn't have like, when the way that this website normally works is, and then the doors of the car opened up and blood spilled out everywhere, and then you were the blood. You'd be like, what? Blood fills everywhere, and then like a bunch of bats fly out of the, the glove compartment or whatever. They always make stuff up, so I'm thinking this detail almost seems so lame, it's probably true. This car shows up, watches you for a bit, drives away. Now, again, that's not super suspicious. But it's also not totally normal. It's kind of like in between. So you go, Jason, why did you talk about the devil's tree for nearly 20 20 minutes? I'm sure I'm going to edit out a lot of that, but you talked about this devil's tree for 20 minutes. You tease us with an urban legend story that I'll talk about tomorrow. This tree is real. I know that for a fact. And now it is encased in wire and fencing. You can't go near it. Can't go near it at all. Covered in graffiti. People have tried cutting it down. People have tried touching it. People have tried listening to it. And it is protected from all of that now. So that's when I thought, okay, there might be something to this. A tree is a tree is a tree. Yes, I get it. Some people don't like trees getting chopped down. And some trees are like, this tree was around when Jesus was born. I actually wonder if any trees are that old. But Trees have been around for like this 500-year-old tree, this big-ass tree, just sitting in the middle of nowhere. Don't chop it down. But if a tree was known, again, and let's assume that the historical parts are true, that this tree was used to hang people, which is not a huge stretch of the imagination. Logistically, yes, getting black people into the KKK headquarters, into the city, would probably be kind of difficult, but I'm sure that people were hung. And trees everywhere. I'm sure some trees were better suited for... Like, you couldn't hang someone from a fir tree, right? Because they're like a Christmas tree? Like, they have to have branches. But anyways... (laughs) Just imagine Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. And someone going, we can't hang anyone from that. You have to go find a hanging tree. So anyways... 
the point being is that if you have a tree that historically known to been used by the KKK, why is it being protected? The whole, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Like I was reading off all this stuff and you're thinking, great, Jason's just going to end it with saying, isn't that stupid? But no, I think there's a reason why this tree is being protected. I don't think it's necessarily a portal to hell, but what? Okay. Put on your little paranormal caps. Put on your little paranormal caps with me here. You work for a city council. You're city council of Bernard Township. And you've driven past this tree all your life. You get elected to the township council. Things are going good. Now, when you were a kid, people used to hang out by the tree and tell ghost stories about the tree and stuff like that. And as you got older and kids got rowdier, they started spray painting the tree and stuff like that. You have this group, this conservation group, come to you and say, we need to protect this tree. This tree is like part of our local heritage. You have to protect this tree. And you're thinking, it's just a tree, for one. And two, the heritage that we know of is is not something we really want to be associated with. We we know the stories that uh, black people were hung from it uh, during uh, the dark days of the city and the state. And conservationists are like, no, 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 no. Like, you have to understand, like, this tree is is a living thing. We have to protect it. Yes, it may have been used against its will for horrible things, but this tree is a living thing. So you go on. So you can't chop it down. You can't move it. It's not an, again, not an int. It has to, I love the ints, but anyways, it, it's, it's there. So you have a couple different choices. You can, uh, put a security guard up. You can hope and educate people enough to preserve the tree themselves. Or you can surround it in fencing and encase it almost in metal around the trunk, around height, human height size, so they can't do anything to the tree that would damage it permanently or even just deface it. But the whole time as a city council person, you would think, why is this even worth the money? Like, why is this even worth our time discussing about? It's just a dumb tree. It's just a stupid tree. And trees get chopped down all the time. Trees get initials carved into them. Trees older than this have been chopped down. So why do we care about this? And then that's when you get another visitor from the conservation group. And they say, listen, a tree's a tree. It's a tree. You're right. There's millions, billions of trees on the earth. Cutting down this tree, defacing this tree won't change anything. But the stories about the tree are more than just stories. And you kind of laugh, you know. You've heard these stories all your life. But the person you're talking to is just stone-faced. And they say, the stories about the tree are true. We don't know how, we don't know why, but it appears to be some sort of, not necessarily portal, but some sort of containment device. It does leak some sort of oily substance. We can't identify it. We've heard reports of people saying that they're screaming if you put your ear up to it, and we can't necessarily verify that, but we've had more than one report, and um, I heard it as well. We could chop down the tree. We could let every ghost hunter in the state, every ghost hunter in the nation hear these rumors come out here, begin poking around at the tree, and identifying all of this stuff and making it this big ghostly landmark, verifying this, verifying the noises, verifying the oil, verifying the apparitions that have been seen from the tree. We can have all of this stuff happen, and then we're going to have national attention on this tree that we don't know what will happen when we cut it down or when it burns down 
or when someone cuts it in half. We don't know. Or we can pay $200, put some fencing up around it, and forget any of this ever happened. It'll be relegated to some sort of local legend that people will believe in. Some website may talk about it. Some podcast may talk about it. A couple of YouTube videos, and that'll be it. There'll be no way to verify it because you won't be able to get close to the tree. I'm not worried about the conservation of the tree as some sort of article of nature. I'm worried about the conservation of this town and what will happen if we chop that tree down or if it gets damaged in some sort of way. So I'm going to ask you again to protect that tree because we don't know what will happen if you don't. The tree is protected from anyone to touch it or cut it down or deface it. A local legend, true portal to something else, something dark and deep, a symbol of how evil humanity can become, or something worse than all of those put together, we may never know. But all that fencing and all that protection around the tree may be to protect us from it. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.